Welcome to Love Where You Live, a podcast dedicated to real estate in the Treasure Valley. When's this bubble gonna pop? Is it a good time to invest? Hey, I wanna buy a house, but where do I start? Where do I start, start, start. Join our hosts, Jamie Matzdorf and Corey Michaels, as they share information and inspiration about Boise's real estate and fun to be had in the gym state. We'll have guest speakers, new perspectives, and much more, much more. To learn about the opportunities in the Treasure Valley and be supported by Idaho's best, go to jamiematzdorf.com. Hi, this is Corey Michaels, along with one of my favorite people on the planet, Jamie Matzdorf, and this is Love Where You Live. Hi there. Hey, Corey. Well, we, we told you on the very first podcast, after we introduced you to us and kind of a little bit about our backgrounds and our passion for this great state that we call home, uh, that we were going to be talking a, a lot about some of the myths, some of the rumors, some of the misconceptions in real estate, and then also share a bunch of fun stuff too along the way. And, and, and we told you that on this episode, probably the biggest trigger question that is out there that is on everyone's lips they've either said it or they've thought it is when is this bubble going to burst we all think back to 07 you know 08 after all the, the, the everything had gone up and there was all the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and all the other stuff that all happened and you know everything dropped and a lot of people a lot of people lost their homes. Uh, a lot of people had for, uh, foreclosures or short sales or and all that going on. So I know a lot of people that have been around here or are native to Idaho or been here for any amount of time, we start having the flashbacks to that. And and so, yeah, people are scared about that and, and unsure. So when someone, if I'm like, Jamie, all right, so when's this bubble going to bust? You're totally right, Corey. You know, when I tell people I'm a realtor, what quickly follows is someone, they want answers. Yep. They want to know when <laughs> this bubble is going to pop. And, <laughs> and you know, I really want to slow down. I don't want to skip through this. I want to um, provide some, some good information and you know, I'm not an economist, but um, I am a realtor. I'm diligent. I'm an investor. I'm a local homeowner. Um, and I think that brings value to this conversation as well. Um, I, I continue to do a lot of research. And I think the first place to start is is to define what a bubble is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, like he said, in 2007, 8, 9, we really saw the aftermath of a mortgage crisis bubble, mm-hmm. um, and there was there were uh, you know some people that really suffered from that, and some people that really leveraged it. Um, we there weren't a whole lot of folks that were right in the middle. You either you know got hit hard, or you were in a position to leverage what was going on in the market. Um, you know, particularly investors. Um, and to be able to jump on what was happening for some long term. Um, equity. So, um, you know, a bubble is created by um, a surge in asset prices that's driven by exuberant market behavior. Um, A bubble is created by a short-term massive growth. Um, And we're not, that's not really what's happening here. Um, You know, since uh, since the Great Depression, actually, we've seen as a whole the market, the housing market has continued to grow um you know there's been some hiccups in there where we've dropped for a short time frame or where we've gone into a bubble um Mm -hmm. for a short time frame but as a whole we've continued to increase in value and um you know value can be defined in a couple of different ways they say value is what a buyer is willing to pay Mm -hmm. um 
and the things that increase that are availability. Um, you know, so we're in a place right now where we've got low availability and we've got a lot of folks that want to buy. So just supply based and on demand. That, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's common sense there. Um, but, but back to getting to kind of the definitions of bubble, we attacked that. Um, but there's four major kinds of asset bubbles. Um, the stock market, excuse me, stocks, the market, two different things, credits and commodities. Um, you know, and those some of those hiccups that I mentioned a little bit earlier are things like um, the Black Monday of 1987, the dot-com bubble of uh-huh. 2000, subprime mortgage, obviously, what we've seen most recently, um, the COVID crisis. Um, yes. You know, so what did we learn from those? Well, we learned from uh, the 2007 mortgage crisis that we had some subprime loans that were wrapped up and sold and... Um, Crap loans, for lack of a better term. That never should have um, gone out. Exactly. I mean, never should have happened. Yep. And, you know, and we saw that affect everyone. There really, there weren't any cities that weren't affected. There were certainly some that were least affected. But when you look at the numbers of the delinquent mortgages, the highest ones were in California, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, the lowest ones were um, actually in Texas. Most of the top fo- top 12 of the cities least affected by the subprime mortgage crisis were cities in Texas, um, I guess, as well as Oklahoma City. Um, There were a couple in um, Arizona that also weren't hit quite as hard. So I think it's it's valuable for us to look at, um, you know, what was going on. A lot of those particular cities were in a position of growth. and they, um, you know, the, the regulations were lacking. Therefore, people that didn't have enough equity, enough income to support a loan they were getting approved for didn't have the money. And that's why the delinquency happened, because no one could pay their bills. So that's very different than what we're experiencing today. Right. What we're experiencing today is... Um, is unique because, um, you know, the growth in the Treasure Valley really started uh, within the last three to five years, you know, at at exponential double digit Mm -hmm. growth year over year. Um, And that came from what we have to offer that we spoke about in pretty great length in the first episode. Um, Another thing that has increased that growth at a rapid pace, and in my opinion, in in probably 10 to 15 years ahead of where we had anticipated the growth, is COVID. Because Mm -hmm. now we've got so many folks that are able to work from home. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we were on that technology path to have folks working from home, eliminating some brick and mortar businesses where they weren't, uh, you know, necessarily economic uh, necessities, right? Um, you know, and why not if you can eliminate some expenses in your middle line and, you know, your, your employers are going to want to do that. We're, mm-hmm. you know, we're all balancing a and l at the end of the day, right? So we've moved this, we've made a huge jump in technology. So now people can finally live where they want to live and mm-hmm. love where they live. And these companies are realizing it's okay to have someone uh, in Idaho working for this company in New York or Texas or whatever, because they can do it remotely. It doesn't matter where you happen to be. If you're not having to be face-to-face with someone in that market, 
there's no reason to have to pay someone to move, uh, put up the, 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 uh, all the money for a brick and mortar and all the upkeep and everything to do with that and taxes and things when, yeah, let, uh, let Becky work wherever or same thing, you know, the other way around it's, you know, technology is, I, I've always said a blessing and a curse, but in this case, mm-hmm. I think it's a blessing. And one of the silver linings I think that came out of COVID was truly realizing that we do have the technologies so why not use it? Yeah, agreed. You know, and those folks that get to live in Idaho now are still making the wages from their home state. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the, and that leads into the conversation of there's got to be some sort of market correction. Like I said, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not an economist, but, you know, based on what we're seeing, the local cost of living, the gap is getting larger and larger between local wages and income. Um so at some point we're we're gonna see some sort of market correction. I don't know what that will look like necessarily. Um, you know, it's gonna impact small businesses at the highest level because minimum wage is gonna have to go up inevitably. Um, and we've seen large companies come to town because we've got a lot of people to employ. Um, Amazon particularly just brought just built oh, yeah. a distribution center. They've got a second one on the way. Um, We've, we've just brought in some great companies and they are bringing in some higher wages. So at some point the local companies are as well going to have to match that. Um, I absolutely see and feel the pain that that will cause on some smaller local businesses. Especially after this last year. Yeah, Yeah. I I agree. And, and I feel for them. I've got a lot of friends with local businesses. Um, and I'm not sure how everyone's going to navigate those waters to get through it, but we've, we've got to figure out a way. So with that happening right now as well, our, um, our rent rates have gone up exponentially. Oh my goodness. We've yes. got multi-unit rentals popping mm-hmm. up everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, just when you think commercial is going to slow down, that's commercial. It's just a different, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a mall like we're right. used to. So, um, so somehow all that stuff is going to have to balance out. And one of the ways that I, I always looked at it through, you know, over the years, no matter where I lived, and I'll, I'll just use my last 20 plus here in, in Idaho, is the fact that if the market's low, now, if you're selling a home, means you're selling it while it's low, and you're buying another home, in theory, while it's low. Correct. If the market's higher, like it is right now and growing, well, yes, to buy something is is a lot more. But if you're selling, you're also selling in a high market. So it really all, maybe I'm oversimplifying it. Now, the only ones that really benefit from a low market are ones that have been sitting on you know, money or coming from another state or somewhere else where they've made a larger amount and then they're able to make that money go a lot farther here or in that in the market. But other than that, if you're buying and selling, then it's a wash, whether the market's low or high. Exactly. Exactly. And no matter what the market is, people always, there are always people that have to buy and sell. Your family's growing and you need more space. Um, You know, you've got family moving in with you, you know, whether it's growing because you're, you've got multi-generational living now, um, Uh or you have kids or you've got kids going to college or, um, you know, they're buying their own homes. It's that there's always a need. Yeah. Well, and that other side where, when the kids finally grow up and you don't need the 3000 square foot, six bedroom house anymore, uh, because they're gone. They're they're, they're off to college, off doing, living their lives, becoming little baby adults. <laughs> and so now you're sitting there going, I don't want to take care of 10 acres and a 3,000 square foot ranch home. Uh, we're going to sell and downsize, yeah. you know, and get into something more manageable. So whatever this scenario, whatever the situation is, 
just like Jamie said, there's always a need. The market is always going to be active. Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, we've got a, quite a bit of new construction going right now. We've got, we'll have a whole episode about that. But, um, you know, there's lots of new homes being built. So maybe you live in a, a home that's 20 years old and you want something new. There's an opportunity for that as well. Um, and you know, and I've heard a lot of folks wanting to move out of town to get on the snake river or to get up in the trees and, Mm. you know, there's opportunities for that as well in those, in some surrounding cities that aren't necessarily uh, in the heart of the treasure Valley, but still have great value or within Mm -hmm. an hour of, you know, hospitals, food, travel, the airport, all that kind of stuff. So there's multiple options. Yeah. Yeah. The beauty of our mountains, (laughs) but there's always people buying and selling. And like you said, if the market's low and you're buying and selling, it doesn't matter if the market's high, you're buying and selling, it still doesn't matter. It's a wash. It looks more painful when you're buying that house at a half million dollars or whatever. Uh, when, it was, you know, 200,000 a couple of years earlier or whatever the case may be. But when you think about, okay, but how much did you sell your house for and how much was it worth a few years ago? Yeah, absolutely. You know, know, and I hear from folks also, I want to, I want to buy when, uh, when the bubble pops or when the market decreases and homes aren't going to be free again, the the homes aren't going to be the prices they were in 2007 and 2008, you know, eight and nine. And, that's just from natural inflation. I mean, even we, if we started in increasing slower at single digit paces, inflation is inflation. It still happens. There's more people, things cost more, there's higher Mm -hmm. expenses. Homes are always going to increase as a whole. So waiting is, is really hurting. Yeah. And, and part of that growth, it does come in so many different ways. Uh, Okay, all the way down to our road systems. Mm-hmm. You know, we always are complaining about, at least I am, maybe it's just me, that there's always seems like 15 different, you know, construction road projects going on at any one time. Uh, but really, that just means we have to have better infrastructure of our roadways to accommodate all these new housing that's going in, all the population growth. And as, especially as things move out, I forget how many people were in Meridian when I moved here 20 years ago, not that many compared to now. Yeah. And there is no separation between Boise and Meridian, as all of us know. Pretty soon in the years to come, there's going to be that same lack of separation between Meridian and Nampa. I mean, there's it's just going to be all one big treasure valley. You go from one to the other. I know that's scary. It's okay. Uh, we'll survive, I promise. <laughs> but, you know, all the way down to the infrastructure, to taxes, to everything, it goes up. That inflation is going to happen and comes along with the growth, but also great opportunities, as we've talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, there have been some cities that didn't anticipate this growth, Nampa, for example, and, um, for the last few years, Nampa has had a higher levy rate than the city of Boise, which means your property taxes are higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because they kind of got caught with their pants down. Their infrastructure was behind. They exploded, similar to what CUNA is doing right now also. Oh, my goodness, yes. And, um, you know, and you've got to play catch up. But fortunately, um, you know, Eagle Meridian Boise saw most of the growth coming. But, uh, you know, there is some construction. And, there is. Um, you know, we're... Eagle Road is kind of the hot topic right now, but right now, you know, yeah, for the last <laughs> ten years, Eagle Road used to stop at the freeway when I was yes. a kid, and there were soccer games out there. But now we're, uh, you know, they're creating parallel roads that are, you know, four and five lanes now 
to take off the the pressure and the time on Eagle Road. And, yeah. you know, Eagle Road is similar to to our, uh, you know, it's not truly a freeway, but it's similar to that because our city doesn't, uh, the Treasure Valley doesn't flow around a freeway like most big cities, you know, mm-hmm. Seattle, Denver, Austin, Dallas. Well, we never thought we were going to We didn't be. think that. No, we built the freeway and, uh, you know, the little tiny cities started 15 miles north of that. So mm. we're catching up in that regard. Oh, big time. So what, what should someone take out of this episode uh, Jamie on the whole that just kind of to sum up our your feelings on when is the bubble going to burst the the premise of the question is what intrigues the conversation and that is when someone asks me that nine times out of ten it's because they want to know when homes are going to be cheap again and the answer is they're not going to be um, the answer is that we're going to continue seeing growth um, we likely won't see a market correction in the next five to 10 years. Um, But even when the market does correct in some form or fashion, it's not going to come in the form of the price of houses in 2008. That was different. And we've, we've passed that. You're not going to find an $80,000 home in the middle of Meridian or Boise. It's just, it's not going to, it's not going to get back to that. It's not. But we can still, you know, when we are so fortunate uh, when I think about, it's not like just here is having the huge growth. Obviously, we're having a little more growth than a good portion of the country, but there's nowhere else I would rather be. And so we'll get through this all you know, together, but we have to just stay positive and keep these things in mind. And that's what we want to instill in you with each of these episodes is really about being positive Mm -hmm. because we can. We can't change what the market's doing. We don't have the power to do any of those. We have the power on how we react to it. Absolutely. So let's smile, be good to one another, and we'll get through it. We will indeed. All right. Now, Jamie and I told you uh, from the very first podcast and earlier in this one that this is all about, yes, sharing information, dispelling rumors and myths, uh, but also celebrating our incredible state that we have. And there is so much fun. And I know you've heard us go on and on about how much we love our great state, but it's because we do. And I know all of us do. That's why we're here. And maybe some of the things, especially after this last year and things are coming back around a lot of things that we weren't able to do last year well it's starting to look like we're going to be able to again and we want to spotlight local businesses it was such a tough market on everyone with the pandemic but local businesses probably took the biggest hit nonprofits and local businesses we want to support both of those and we're going to spotlight great ones every episode coming up and for this time, our, our spotlight for the Treasure Valley is on? The Capital City Market. Yes. So as we have known it as locals, it's been on 8th Street downtown. You know, it's always been the 8th Street Marketplace. I know, right <laughs> at the end of the Capitol. Yeah. So it has changed this year. For those of you that have been here before, it's now at 303 34th. Um, for those of you that haven't, go take a look. It's right on the Boise Greenbelt. You can shop for your fresh produce. Um, mm-hmm. There's some artwork. There's going to be quite a bit of produce, but local farmers, lots of things going on. We also have some um, refugees that are, make some amazing food that my family and oh I love goodness. getting every yes. year. So you can take a walk at the Greenbelt and there's also um, some whitewater surfing there in the Whitewater Park. Cross the Big Red Bridge and go check out the park if you want to as well. So beautiful setting. It should be gorgeous weather yeah, on most of our, our Saturdays. Now we do have to say though, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we're talking about 
at the time of our recording mm-hmm. of this podcast, that is where the temporary home yep. uh, is, is their 34th. So the goal still is to eventually keep our fingers crossed to move back to its original home, depending on mandates, depending on what's happening in our world, hopefully sometime this season. But So make sure Again, considering when you are listening right now, that you do your due diligence. Yeah, check their, they've got a great Facebook page that they update on a weekly basis. So check that for the most updated location. Um, But as of today, it's open on Saturdays from nine to one. So Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll see you there. All right. On our next episode of Love Where You Live, we will be talking about uh, buying homes. We've got an amazing guest speaker from ICCU. And um, if you're buying after a sale or you're just buying because it's your first time joining us here in the Treasure Valley, we're going to give you some tips and tricks on how to make that happen. All right. And that'll be next on Love Where You Live. On behalf of Jamie Matzdorf, I'm Corey Michaels. Thank you for listening to this episode of Love Where You Live, a podcast dedicated to real estate in the Treasure Valley. Once again, to learn more about the opportunities in the Treasure Valley and be supported by Idaho's best, go to jamiematzdorf.com.